When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome in to the CHGO Blackhawks podcast. Happy Toasty Thursday. I'm Jay Zawoski with Greg Boyson and Mario Tirabasi. Sarah's running the show for us today, fresh off her trip to Italy. Got back yesterday and you came here? Yeah. Yeah, I came back to the heat. Need the buffer day. Should've Always book the buffer I'm day. I'm young. I'm young. It's honestly, it's only an eight-hour difference, too. Like, you it's, it's not that bad. Thanks for rubbing it in. Only an eight-hour difference. Yeah, yeah hardly yeah. any. <laughs> How many consecutive hours have you been up then? Um, I slept a lot last night. I slept okay. in this morning, but I got back at like seven, but it was a 20 hour travel day. Oof. And so, but then I went to bed at like nine 30 last night and yeah. then I woke up this morning around like nine 30. Okay. And so it's, I feel fine. I feel driving great. from Wilmette to Cog Hill and back tomorrow is going to ruin my weekend. <laughs> <laughs> and you're, you're, you just flew home from Italy all bright and cheery. Yeah. Ah, the I always look at, of youth. Yeah, I always look at the glass uh, half, what is it, half empty or half full? Half full. Half full. I always look yes, at it half yeah. full. Yeah. All right. Good. You yeah. came in and you were glowing. I could tell you had just been on vacation. <laughs> you, had a, you had a different energy about you, which yeah. we appreciate. Well, we're glad you're here, Sarah. Thanks, everybody else, for being here, too. Make sure you smash that like button. On our YouTube page, make sure you like the page and subscribe to the page as well. Same deal on podcast apps. Subscribe, follow, all that stuff. And a five-star review on Apple Podcasts or Spotify would go a long, long way. All right. It is finally out. The Athletic has finally published something we can steal for show content again. Thank you, Corey (laughs) Pronman. Did his prospect pipeline rankings, and they're out. And that includes the top five, which includes the Blackhawks. So before we get into it, Got to let you know the eligibility here for Corey Prontman. He says, uh, it's determined by age. A player is eligible if they're 22 years old or younger. As of September 15th, 2023, this encompasses almost every prospect selected between the 2019 and 2023 drafts. This is done to include a number of teams' top prospects without aggressively graduating players who have a lot of prime development years ahead of them, even if they're already in the NHL. This does have the effect at times, including star NHL players, while leaving out players who are still in the minors and have a chance to make the league. There's no perfect way to create player eligibility for a prospect ranking. This method has become my preference, Corey's preference, after trying all the other options. So, with that acknowledged... I can't wait till Connor Bedard's on this list for four straight years. It's going to be awesome. Yeah. Yeah. Um, So, if you're wondering why the Hawks are number two... And the Ducks are number one. It's because they're still considering Trevor Zegris a prospect. Sure. Tim Stutzla is still considered a prospect. Yeah. Is Jack Hughes still considered a prospect? Is he is he on the design where the double? He's younger than twenty two. So yeah, there you go. Jack Hughes was the top pick in twenty in twenty nineteen. Yes, Jack it? Hughes yeah. is still considered a prospect. Yeah. Mm-hmm. In the minds of Corey Promen. So okay, cool. Um so that's that's the gripe with this. Yeah, I mean, I see what he's doing. So it should be called like instead of prospects, like, like label it twenty under, under twenty three and under. Yeah, label it twenty two and under pool or something. Yeah, yeah. Because prospect is a wrong term to use for a guy like Jack freaking Hughes. If you've played who, two who, full NHL seasons, yeah. you're not a prospect. You're an NHL player. I mean, Jack Hughes was a Hart Trophy consideration Mm -hmm. last year that's not a prospect anymore yes so yes it's flawed but then again all these lists are based on it's not a finite mathematic solution to these it's not science it's a guy that comes up with his own rules and regulations and then base his opinion on his own rules and regulations. So keep that in mind. Like, don't be upset that the Blackhawks are number two. If only there was a better way to do this, like some 
three-sided way. Some sort of triangle-shaped yeah, thing yeah, might a be triangular <laughs> prism of prospects. someday someone just, will invent it. And Corey's been on the show. We like Corey. He does no, a, yeah, an no, amazing it's, job. It's not just rename him. it under twenty-three pool. Or you, or you just pool. say it's this or this many games played. Yeah, that eliminates the whole thing. Yeah, I mean Jack Hughes, Trevor Zegers, they probably have years ahead of ahead of them that will be better. You can say the same thing about Adam Boquist. You can say the same thing about a lot of younger players yeah. that have not hit their prime yet, but are by no means prospects. Uh, can we call it the like the Lafreniere and and Kako rule? Because as as Corey is is explaining it, it's well they have important development years ahead of them. Well, yeah, of course. But those guys have played over 200 NHL games. Yeah, like, I mean, I think at 200 years or 200 games, you're not a prospect anymore. You're you still have development ahead of you. you sure. Yeah, you could still get better. But Pedro Kane just, had development ahead of him in 2010. Yeah, and but he was 21 years old. <laughs> he's not a prospect. Yeah. yeah, it should be games played, not age. You get to, once you play a f- at least if you play a full season's worth of games and you're in the lineup, you're on the team every day, I think you're no longer a prospect. You're a young developing player, not a prospect. All right, so your top five, Columbus, New Jersey, Buffalo, the Hawks, and Anaheim. And I think if we were to, just based on looking at these things and looking at the teams and looking at the players in there, if you were to kind of adjust it the way that we have in our minds, the Hawks are number one. Because he's got Dylan Cousins and Owen Power for the Sabres. Like, these guys have played games. Is Pat LaFontaine still on that list? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Brian Campbell still on the list. Yeah. Um, yeah, so, again, it's it's nitpicking, but it's... It is what it is. It's so Kirby the Hawks Dwight. on this list are number two. Can you? Do you have all the all the teams yeah, pulled I got, up? I got it. Okay. I'll look. Is Kirby Doc on Montreal? I'm looking right now. I'll lose my mind. Uh, <laughs> yes, he is. He's their fourth. Come on, fourth guy on that list. Jesus. And okay. as as uh, all right now now I'm going to start Nate getting angry points at out. Corey. He does say it's pipeline rankings but still if you're already there you're not in the pipeline you've come out of the pipeline if there's water in my tub it is no longer in the pipeline yeah (laughs) 210 nhl games for it should be the under 23 pool let's fix this for Corey before we get into it what's the is it 82 games is it 100 games uh, yeah i don't I, would I put it at 90 for the prospect pyramid. I put it at 90 because that gives you the chance to play a, f- a full NHL season, two half seasons, like nine. But it's also I put it at 90 or if you're you, you get till age 23 to play 90 NHL games. And if, if you if you reach NH, if you reach 90 NHL games or you reach age 24, you're no longer a prospect. That's how I do it. Your, your method is better. There you go. I just, I, I just think a, a guy who's played 200 NHL games, not even just professional games, NHL games, 200, not you're not a prospect. You're a young player. Yep. Yeah. It's, yeah. It's, uh, or in the pipeline. You're on the actual team. Yeah. When you're in the pipeline, you're in the AHL, you're in college, you're in juniors. Mm-hmm. When you're in the NHL, you're in the NHL. Right. Like Lucas Reichel has played, what, 120, 130 professional games in North America, but he's only played 25 in the NHL. Like, that's still very prospecty, yeah. even though he's going to get his first full NHL season this year. Yeah, I w- wouldn't consider him a prospect after this season. No. If he plays right. the entire year. Exactly. Which he should. But, anyway. Uh, yeah, anyway, we're, we are nitpicking a, a bit. But. So here, here's what we're going to go over the way he has the Hawks ranked. Uh, he says, key additions, Connor Bedard, Oliver Moore, Adam Guyan, Roman Kansarov, Martin Miziak. A key graduate from the Hawks is Philip Kurashev. No longer on the list. Because In 2022, 23. the Hawks are ranked 13th. Again, up to two. Now, this, this was uh, based off... Pronman's yeah. rankings. Yeah. Wheeler had them. Scott fifth. Wheeler at midseason last year had them fifth. Yeah, right. So two different rankings. And he gives the Blackhawks 2023 NHL draft grade an A+. It's uh, hard to argue hard, that. hard to go wrong when you get Bedard with one of those picks. All right, so number one we know is Connor Bedard. Now he has 
uh, tears, skating, puck skills, hockey sense, and analysis. I'm not going to read the whole thing, but he calls Bedard a bubble generational player and elite NHL player. That is his bubble. That's number one. Fair. Number two, I think predictably, Kevin Korczynski, who he calls a top-of-the-lineup player with above NHL average skating, NHL average puck skills, hockey sense, and compete levels. He's got Korczynski at number two in the system. He has a long time been a big fan of Lucas Reichel, mm-hmm. who he has at number three. He calls him a bubble top and middle of the lineup player with NHL average skills in all categories. You know, that kind of bugs me too. Because if you're saying he's going to be a top or middle of the lineup player, but all of his skills are average. Yeah. There's a flaw in that as well. Yeah. yeah. Well, he says he has above average puck skills. So maybe that gives him the tick. Oh, yes, he does. Yeah. Sorry. I mean, when I, when, I see, when I see that of like, you know, when they say like NHL, your average NHL player skills, I think of it as like a letter grade. Like, oh, okay, so he's like a C. Well, if you have all C's and a B, you're usually not going to be the to- at the top of the lineup for anything. You're going to be me at Lewis University. You're going to be me in high school. Like, <laughs> you know, like, yeah, I wasn't the top of anything. So, yeah, I think there's – I'll say this. Read Corey's entire analysis. Uh, he's he's, he's going to break it down a little bit more probably. And, and as you said, he at the beginning kind of discusses why his, his process is his process. But – I think, you know, we can the, – the, the fact of the matter is, Lucas Reichel, is he the number three prospect in their system? Yeah, I would say so. I, I, I don't so agree with that at all. Let's go through the top five, and then we'll kind of see if, if we agree with it. One quick question. When he lists these skating, puck skills, blah, 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 that are all NHL average, elite, whatever, is he talking right now, or that's where he sees him topping out? It feels like right now. Okay. Based on the analysis parts right. he has. Yeah, okay. That, that, that makes a lot more sense. Like where they are now because as young players, they obviously can improve right. in all those categories. So maybe that's where he's okay. seeing his. If he says right now he's an average NHL player, his future could be this. Right. Then okay. that, that makes more sense. I yeah. got gotcha. you. Number four, he's got Oliver Moore, who he calls a bubble top and middle of the lineup player with high end skating an NHL average in puck skills and hockey sense, and above NHL average compete. Number five is Frank Nazar, middle of the lineup player, above NHL average in skating and compete, NHL average in puck skills and hockey sense. So there's your top five. Any sort of issues there? Not no. 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 You wouldn't put uh, more ahead of Reichel? No. no. You think if you were going to put both of those guys th- on the trade block? I think if if – Knowing what we know about them, I think we know way more about Lucas Reichel than we do about Oliver Moore in in their skill set and their development. Um, but yeah, I, w- I would say, I mean, you're, you're talking the difference between number three and number four. You, you're really you you can really get into splitting hairs. But no, I would, based off of what we know about all these guys now, Lucas yeah. Reichel at, at, at three. Just cement him in there. I think I, I think that's completely fine. I think Moore has the higher ceiling. But right now, because Reichel's further along in his development and is ready to become a full-time NHL player, that's why he's ahead of Moore. Yeah. yeah. Moore is probably going to be a better player when it's all said and done, or they might be about the same. That'd be great. Yeah. Um, but I think because Reichel is further along and ready to be, take that step to become a full-time, hopefully very effective NHL player, that's why he's ahead of him. Yeah. See, I kind of think of it in terms of trade value, right? Like... Which of these guys, if you were to put them both on, if Kyle Davidson picks, texts his uh, GM text chain and says these two players are available, I feel like Moore would maybe get the bigger return. However, he just fell to 19 in the draft. Right. So maybe other GMs aren't as high on Oliver Moore as, as we are here and as Kyle Davidson yeah. was clearly at the draft. Well, I'm glad there were 18 GMs that weren't as high on him as Kyle Davidson was. Yeah, me too. Yeah. Me too. Yeah, no, I, 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 I think... Yeah, I, I, I think you, you still get a little bit more for Lucas Reichel, and I think it goes back to just, I just think we just know a little bit more about him. Got a comment from Armathalist. Hope I said that right. Or Armathalist? I don't know. He says Lucas Reichel's floor is a lot higher than Oliver Moore's. I think I agree with that. I think the, the chance that Reichel bottoms out to nothing versus Moore yeah. 
because I, I think we already know, we already have seen that Reichel can be an effective NHL player. We've seen it. We've witnessed it. Mm-hmm. It's happened. Like you've said, we don't know with Oliver Moore, and I think a lot of the hype about Oliver Moore is based solely on his speed and skating, and some of the knock on him has been his finish, his ability to finish and yeah. actually put the puck in the back of the net. So is he the next Pavel Bure, or is he the next Andreas Athanasi or Victor Stahlberg, where the skating is wonderful, but the finish is not so wonderful. Right, He's yeah. not going to be Pavel Bure. I'm comfortable saying that. But I'm just <laughs> be, thinking of fast fan- skaters. That would be fantastic. That would be great. I, yeah, you're right. I don't see that in his future. No. Um, but if we're going to have somewhere in between Pavel Bure and Victor Stahlberg, that would be pretty good. Yeah, you have a very competent, yeah. good NHL player. Yeah. The median between those two players yeah. would be nice. Yeah, I think, I think the, the, that's a really good point, that the difference between those players is the gap in – what the bottom of their career could be um so yeah i I think that's a a fair reason to have reichel at at three um do you do you guys think more over nazar is right i've always wondered if we overhype nazar i don't know the answer but there's so little that we've seen what's really the difference between being four or five no i know but but for the purpose of of i mean the rankings debate. I would probably put Nazar ahead of more, but again, I'm basing it on where they are right now. Yeah. Nazar's had, well, I mean, they're pretty much entering, they're both entering their first full season of NCAA hockey. Right, right. Um, but Nazar's got more experience on the on the international stage. Um, I don't have a problem with more ahead of them. I think Moore's ceiling is slightly higher. Like mm-hmm. if if Oliver Moore exceeds expectations, he's going to be a great player. If Frank Nazar exceeds his expectations, he'll probably be a, like slightly below that. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah, I'm okay with that. Or if it was the other way around, I'm okay with that too. I mean, they're definitely both belong in the in top, the top five. five. Yeah. Even top four, maybe. I yeah. wouldn't be upset at that. But uh, yeah. Um, sure. More ahead of Nazar. Go, let's run with it. Sure. It's a nice problem to have. Yeah, it is. <laughs> I mean, we're arguing, like, who our top five guys are. Does this guy deserve to be here? Does this guy deserve to be Three years ago, we couldn't even fill out a top yeah. five of guys really? that actually have a shot to make the NHL. Yep. It was Lucas Reichel and nobody else. And no one. All right, there's the top five. We're going to get to six through ten here next. Uh, but first, we're going to tell you about our friends at Ray Auto. Yes, we are. Are you in the market for a new vehicle? If you are, then we have some great news for you. Ray Chrysler Dodge Jeep and Ram in Fox Lake have joined the CHGO team. At Ray Chrysler Dodge Jeep and Ram, you'll always be able to shop one of Chicagoland's largest inventories and find unforgettable savings. And right now during the Make the Summer event at Ray Chrysler Dodge Jeep and Ram in Fox Lake, you'll be able to take up to 20% off MSRP on select new 2023 Ram 1500 models. Yeah, but maybe you're thinking the interest rates might be too high right now. That's not the case at Ray Chrysler Dodge Jeep and Ram because you now through August 31st, you'll be able to get limited time 0% financing for 72 months on select new models. So if you're in the market for a new vehicle, then you have to check out the team at Ray Chrysler Dodge Jeep and Ram because they're the only team we recommend. Visit them today on Route 12 in Fox Lake. For more information, visit Ray CDJR only in Fox Lake or RayCDJR.com today. They've been serving the community since 1963, and we are happy to have them on board. And with football season right around the corner and baseball season underway, it is time to get footed out, fitted out in the best sports gear around from our friends at FOCO.com. They've got hoodies, shoes, signs, bobbleheads, and everything in between. Head out to Wrigley or Guaranteed Rate. Get your Aloha shirts, your straw hats, your polos, your bags, everything you need for a game. And as the weather starts to cool, which we can dream about right now, let's think about that. <laughs> oh, that sounds amazing. You can get hoodies and slippers and boots and everything you need for that cold weather that's right around the corner here in Chicago. All that at foco.com. And our set is decorated with a lot of great stuff from our friends at Foco, so thank them for that. 
Check out foco.com or click the link in our description below for all non-presale items. Use the promo code CHGO for 10% off. Again, that's foco.com, promo code CHGO. Number six on the list, Corey Parman's pipeline prospect rankings, is defenseman Wyatt Kaiser. Bit of a surprise for me to see him this size. Calls him a middle of the lineup uh, player, which would be second pair defenseman in my in my world. Uh, yeah. Above NHL uh, skating, below NHL puck skills, average hockey sense, above NHL compete. There's number six, Wyatt Kaiser, who I think in our short glimpse of him last year was pretty impressive. It it almost to me mirrors the way Alex Vlasic was two years ago. Yeah. Where the first couple games you're like, eh, not so sure. Then as he found his footing, looked kind of impressive and looked like he belongs. So we'll see. I, I feel like Kaiser's probably going to start in Rockford, but I wouldn't write off his chances of making the team. Yeah, I, I think him and Vlasic are, are two guys that could follow the same path of, of each other in their, in their development where Vlasic gets a little gets a couple of games right out of college goes down plays a year in Rockford and now he's got a, a great opportunity to solidify himself in an NHL spot maybe we see that happen with with, with Wyatt Kaiser they're two different players um, both in in size and style but um, yeah I was I was a little surprised to see Ky- Kaiser this high but I think the way that he uh, tr- how his transition went from college to the NHL I think in the scouting community in the prospect analytics community that opened some eyes of like wow like okay this was a guy that you know was was at a top college program for for three years uh and then made the transitions to the nhl was always kind of on the radar but never one of the top defensemen in the system uh and then when he got in front of you know nhl eyes and and played some some games with the blackhawks it was like oh okay this is this is what everyone was saying uh, that he that he could be right away. So yeah, I think I think there's a lot of optimism around Kaiser, and he's he's gonna he is going to be in that defensive battle in training camp in the preseason to take one of those what is it probably two spots that are that are un uh, uh, unassigned yet to, uh, to 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 guys you know looking for an opportunity. So he's gonna be in that mix for sure. Yeah, I think there's no debate that Kevin Korchinski is the top defensive prospect the Blackhawks have. I don't think anybody's going to argue that point. And then you get that next group, Kaiser, Vlasic, Delmastro, Allen, throw Phillips in there. Yep. I don't know if Kaiser's the best of that bunch. I think he's a little high here, and I, I really like Wyatt Kaiser. I think he'll probably do the Alex Vlasic treatment unless he forces his way. Uh, and but I think he was going to get a significant time in Rockford. Again, it's kind of you know it, it's Corey's way of ranking him, and that's what he thinks. So I, I you know I would think I would put Del Mastro and Allen maybe a little bit ahead of him, but I think out of that group, after Korchinski, Kaiser probably has the highest NHL ceiling. I think the most impressive thing about him is when he was starring in minnesota high school hockey he was an offensive minded defenseman and then he got to duluth and he completely focused on being yeah. a i'm going to be a defensive defenseman so he could do both yeah he didn't really show the offense a ton in college because he chose not to i know the difference between high school and college especially a major program it's a, it's a big yeah. jump but to be able to be like I, I can play defensive hockey too and do it at that level it's that that's what impressed me so I, I think it's a pretty bright future for white I think your point about his ceiling is good because if if the offensive game comes around and he's solid defensively you're talking about like maybe like a Johnny Oduya type where you can just kind of rely on him to do whatever you need can play him on a second power play but also if there's a big shift you can shut somebody down too yeah. um that would be nice but it's it's a, whether or not and Parman sort of says like the offense has always been a debate debate on Kaiser. He's not amazing with the puck, but he showed in college he can move it well enough and isn't devoid of skill. That's yeah. nice. <laughs> yeah, I mean, his 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 goal numbers and his point totals weren't you know astronomical, but if you go back and watch some of uh, some of those goals that he did score, a lot of them were pretty pretty nice. I, I can think of at least two where you know it was 
a, a zone entry, a, a, a dangle around a guy and, you know, finish with a nice shot. Um, so he has that ability in him. And, and yeah, I, I think having played more of a shutdown role on a top line at a program like Duluth, you know, playing in a national championship game as a freshman and being a minutes eater for, for three seasons is, is a really good stepping stone right into the NHL. Uh, and now he's, you know, he's in that, he's in that mix. And yeah, I think if you look at ceilings, maybe a guy like, you know, obviously a guy like Korchinski has a higher ceiling. Maybe a Demastro has a higher ceiling as a def- as a strictly defensive yeah. guy. But I think as as a as a player who could be that middle of the lineup, plug him into you know anywhere you need him on special teams, play some solid five on five minutes. I think Kaiser has that ability. Yeah, in him. I like the comp to Oduya. Like if he tops out uh, Johnny Oduya, that would that's a good comp because I think. I'm not saying any of these guys are going to turn into these players, but just think of the type. It's like Kevin Korchinski. Yeah, Kevin Korchinski will be in that Duncan Keith mold-ish. Uh, and then Kaiser, the Oduya. That would be nice. Uh, I'm not saying he's going <laughs> know, to be Duncan Keith, but he's going to, hopefully his style fits that. And then your Del Mastro and Allen are going to hopefully be your Seabrook Jarmelson types that are yeah. like the stay-at-home physical guys maybe can contribute a little bit of offense now and then but they're not looked upon for that yeah. um so yeah kaiser uh, and with all these young defensemen who are going to be fighting for spots over the next two three seasons the fact that luke richardson and kevin dean are going to be their coaches that, yeah. that gets me a little more optimistic about the group as a whole absolutely um by the way oh do you a career high in points was 29 so Again, not like an offensive defenseman by NHL means, but a guy who can move the puck. Yeah. Go, if you could take the yeah. puck from defensive a, zone to neutral zone. The difference between being able to be a puck-moving defenseman and being an offensive defenseman. Yeah. Puck-moving defensemen are guys like an Oduya who can, can work well in transition, can, can quickly move you from the defensive zone to the offensive zone. An offensive defenseman is Eric Carlson, a guy who can score a bunch, who can, when you're in the offensive zone, facilitate from from the blue line and, and and beyond and be able to rack up points that way. And when the Hawks were winning cups, they were they had a almost everybody was a puck mover. Yeah, you know, and, th- and that was kind very, of very essential to being a Hawks defenseman. Yeah, very few defensemen of the 2010s uh, for the Blackhawks when the puck got on their stick, everything stopped. Yeah, I right. agree with our guy Lebowski Five, who says the most overrated thing in hockey is a defenseman that can score goals but sucks at defending. I agree. Yeah. I like, my de- I like my defenseman to defend. It's right in the name. Yeah. Yeah. You can have one guy who's like, oh, I'm, I'm going to create all the offense from the blue line, but you got to pair him with someone who can right. make up for You got to offset it. Yeah, yeah you got to offset and, it. And by the way, I hope to put that on my business card one day. Not devoid of all skill. <laughs> That's just, I, think you're, I think you're safe to do that. All right. I think you've earned that. I do have one skill, maybe. Nice. All right, number seven on the list, Ilya Safanov, played in the KHL last season. I'm excited uh, about below this. Below NHL average skater, above NHL average puck skills, below NHL average hockey sense, and above NHL average compete. So the question is, will he come here? Will he come to the United States? Which seems like probably not right away, a couple yeah. Of years. He's, yeah, obviously with, with you know KHL contracts and how they work, it's going to be a few years for him to play in Russia. But I'm... When I, when I saw Corey had uh, Safanov at number seven, I, was, I actually got really excited because for like the last two, two years, a lot of uh, you know, questions of like, oh, who's the most underrated prospect? I always go to Ilya Safanov because he's a guy that they don't have. You talk about Moore, Nazar, Reichel, Bedard, guys that can play down the middle, guys that have a, a, a high-end skill, high-end skating, all guys that are six-foot or smaller. Safanov, uh, yeah, he doesn't have the high-end skill, but I think he's got a high compete level. I think he's got a, a two-way game that in the prospect system the Blackhawks don't have down the middle, and he's a big boy. Like, I, I, I really think it's, it's uh, something that the Blackhawks don't have a lot of in their system. They have it in him, and I know, I know he's playing in Russia, but I do think it's not an if but a when. I think, I think he's of the Russian prospects they have, he's the one that I feel the most comfortable being like, yeah, he'll come over. No problem. Yeah. I think, he, I, I think that's in the, in the future. He, uh, he really improved last year. Uh, if you read our weekly rebuild report, um, you know, he was one of the guys I focused on a lot 
playing for Akbar's Kazan over there in uh, Russia. It's a trap. Uh, it's a trap. They do play the neutral zone trap there. <laughs> uh, he's actually served as team captain as a 21-year-old for a portion of the season yeah. when uh, Alex Radulov was injured. And, uh, you know, the young players in, in the European League, especially Russia, they don't get a lot of playing time, but he kept getting more and more as the season went on. Finished yeah. with 19 goals, 37 points in 64 games. Uh, was a big-time contributor for them in their playoff run. He is signed for two more seasons. His contract in the KHL goes through the end of the 24-25 season. So the earliest he could be here would be uh, 20, you know, 2025. Which I think he'd be that 23? That. He'll be 24, 24 at that point. He just turned 22. Okay. Uh, he's He turned 22 May 30th. So okay, so he'd be it, it'd be 24. 24. Uh, yeah. And that fits that window. Sure. That two to three year window that we that Kyle Davidson has kind of made glaringly obvious when he thinks his team's going to be ready to start yeah. making some noise. And he could be a nice guy to bring in. You know, if you're looking for, a, a, you know, a, a young middle six center with size. You don't have to get one on the free agency market. You bring in your own guy, and which is great when you have some contracts coming due. Then too. yeah, he'll be an entry level. You'd be contract. get him yeah. get him on an entry level contract, not not the standard, but right. you'd probably a two year, two year kind of deal, not not the three year right. ninety nine hundred thousand. You, you, you get that cap relief, yeah, and then he'll be an RFA because you can get him. To, yeah, so like it, it's lining up nicely. Um, he's a guy I'm definitely going to be keeping, you know, extra focus on. Uh, for this upcoming yeah. season. And potentially getting a guy kind of fully developed at 24 coming over as, you know, a rookie on on a rookie deal. Like, uh, I don't know. I, I'm, I'm feeling maybe a little irrationally excited about the prospect of Safanov coming over and, and hitting his potential, but I don't know. I, there's something about him that I'm just like, I feel like it's – He's, he's a guy to really keep an eye on. Those are the sort of things, too. Like you said, like you just plug them into an already pretty good team. It's like, oh, this too. Yeah, right. That's nice. That's a nice addition. Yeah, it's not like he's going to have to be here and have pressure of like, right. okay, kid, you got to perform. Uh, it's just going to be like, okay, you, you can take your time to slowly gel with your, with your team. And he was part of that 2021 draft class. And I know we like to take a, swipes at he, he should not be named as often as we can, but his last two draft classes were pretty yeah. good. That 2021 class got some talent in it. And this and Safanov was a sixth-round pick yeah. in that draft. A lot of that probably had to do with Being the Russia. Russia situation. Yeah. If he was playing in the OHL, he probably would have been a third-round pick. Maybe, yeah. You yeah. Know, third or fourth-round pick because, you know, everybody has that unknown factor when you're playing in Russia. That's why he fell to sixth. But could be a real – Great value pick looking moving forward. All right, we mentioned uh, Safanov, who's a big forward. So is the next guy on the list coming in at number eight, Colton Dock, 6'4, 196. Uh, it says below NHL average skating, NHL average puck skills, hockey sense, and compete. And Promen goes on to say Dock's biggest issue is his consistency. When he's on, he looks like a no doubt NHL player, but Corey says he hasn't always seen that player. Corey says he can be a bottom six NHL forward, and if he develops well, he has a chance to be more. This is a guy who I've been impressed with when I've gotten to see him in limited doses. I'm really interested to see how he looks during the preseason, how he looks in Rockford. Uh, I feel like if he can stay healthy, which is the knock on all the docks, apparently, knock on um, they got something here. It's a big kid with skill, can play center or wing. Um, I, I don't know. It, it's kind of when you look at the guys they've drafted and they project up top, with Bedard and with Nazar and, and, and Reichel, smallish. So as you get lower on this list, you've got Safanov, you've got Colton Dock, you've got uh, even like, who knows if he'll ever be an NHL player, but Marcel Marcel, another big guy. You know what I mean? Yeah. They started to address the size thing later in the draft. But Dock's a guy who's a second-round pick who looks like potentially could be an NHL player here. Yeah, and I think to Corey's point of wanting to see the consistency I think that ties that ties hand in hand with he's just dealt with injuries so stay healthy and that consistency can probably Correct. follow suit yeah. I mean he's had concussion issues he is his uh, world junior tournament was cut short with a shoulder injury um, so 
you know, be stay healthy. It's it's one of the hardest things to do, um, but stay healthy. And I think that consistency will, will come through. And yeah, I'm excited to see what he does with, with Rockford this year. And um, who knows, maybe he, by the end of this upcoming season, we see some, some Colton Doc NHL games. Knox on Doc is my favorite uh, Dr. Seuss book, by the way. It's pretty thanks, good. Thanks for bringing that one up. <laughs> yeah. I like it better than green eggs and ham. Um, <laughs> Colton Doc, I want him to succeed. Just to kind of get the stigma of, of the Doc name yeah. a little better here in Chicago. And I like it. Like, I think if he gets to the NHL and he becomes that th- bottom six kind of bruising guy, throws some big checks, scores some goals, he's just got – he's going to be a fan favorite. Yeah. Chicago's going to love his personality. He's going to be a media favorite. He's got this little bit of swagger and confidence about him. Not arrogance, but just this, like, you know – Kirby and Colton are polar opposites when it comes to personalities. Seems like Kirby a is a little more quiet, a little more introverted. Where Colton's just like, "Yeah, I'm yeah. gonna do it. I'm like, I, this is what I do." You know, he's got that swagger, and you need a little bit of that. And sure. I think the media is gonna—he's a good quote already. Um, and I think the fans are gonna like him because of what he does on the ice. But then you know what he's what he brings off the ice too we've talked about it forever since the inception of this show you got to have depth and when you look at those teams that won the cups for the hawks it was bickle and brower and guys like andrew ladd and boland yep. they were all in the middle of your lineup yeah. bottom six because of the forward depth that was here but not only could they come on the ice and not get you hurt they could also do some damage of their own and that's as you start to project out building a team versus building a roster right uh you can kind of see where these pieces are starting to fit yeah and you can see the way kyle davidson dressed for all right we just got some smaller speed now we need to supplement with some size some grit and then hopefully you get enough of both categories and you have a very nice lineup that jives really well together and has nice chemistry and has kind of everything it needs so like the dynasty blackhawks they can adapt to any kind of game style they can outskate you they can outscore you they can out hit you they can out defend you they can out goaltend you whatever the series called for in the 2010s the hawks had an answer for it they could beat the skilled canucks they could beat the bruising ducks Whatever you throw at the Hawks, they're going to overcome it because of how well that roster was built. Yeah. If, if Colton Doc can hit his ceiling and be what Troy Brower was for the 2010 team, I love it. Sure. Absolutely. All right, number nine on the list, defenseman Nolan Allen. NHL average skating, below NHL average puck skills, NHL average hockey sense, above NHL average compete and shot. This is your defensive defenseman. Mm-hmm. This is your shutdown guy. Uh, kind of scoffed when he was picked in the first round, 32nd. But over time, you've seen the development there, and you can kind of see what he who shall not be named had in mind when he drafted this kid. Yeah. Yeah, I, I think they're probably he could, could have probably been available in the second and maybe even into the third round. But, um, like, we praise – uh, Kyle Davidson for doing um, going and getting the going and getting his guy previous GM seemed like he knew what he wanted and went and got his guy and it's it's worked out in in the development so yeah a good pick at that time that you know maybe just needed some time to simmer needed some time to, to, to process and Olin Allen uh, to me, I know we mentioned before, Allen and Del Mastro kind of like that Jalmerson Seabrook mold. Nolan Allen, I think, will fit more of that like Jalmerson mold because I think while he and Jalmerson was an underrated physical player, yeah. But yeah. I think the the defensive minded game, uh, the willingness to kind of give up your body, I think he brings that. He has some some pretty good offensive pop too. He's got a good shot, like 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 Corey mentions. But I think as far as Del Mastro grows, I think physically Del Mastro will. Play, be able to play a little bit stronger, a little bit heavier than Allen. Um, and I think he's going to be a little bit more of that Seabrook guy where he'll be a little bit more physical and that'll be a, a bigger part of his game. But yeah, Allen, I feel like could be a really nice middle pair defenseman, maybe put him with, with Wyatt Kaiser uh, and, and allow Kaiser and, and Allen to kind of be a little bit of a, you know, sneakily skilled line uh, pairing that's going to shut you down. Yeah. Allen's the type of guy is, is, is the guy you pair with that offensive-minded defenseman. So it yeah. takes pressure off of that guy that's itching to get out of the defensive zone. <laughs> yeah. 
kind of puts him there. So, yeah, it's, um, you know, as you mentioned, first round, probably a stretch for him. But, listen, if he becomes your fifth defenseman for 10 years, then it's a good pick. Yeah, sure. Because there's a lot I mean, of guys. If there's a lot of guys that get drafted 32nd in the NHL that in, in the draft that never never even never, play. Yeah, yeah, never even get on the ice. So yeah. All right, we're gonna give you number 10 before we take another little break here. Number 10, Gavin Hayes, 66 overall in 2022. The tier is projected to play NHL games, skating below NHL average, puck skills, hockey sense, compete all NHL average, and the shot above NHL average. Uh, Corey Promen points out that Hayes took significant steps forward this season into a top-scoring winger in the OHL, scoring 40 goals and 80 points for Flint. Yes, there are components here of a bottom-six NHL winger. And again, mm-hmm. that falls into that Brower, Bickle kind of a thing. And yeah. I know sometimes, like, Bickle, people kind of go, eh, about Bickle because the contract became a problem and right, it cost you right. Tavo Vinen. But think about the player. <laughs> right, that's, yeah. that's one of the things I hate the most about the salary cap is guys just become what their cap hit is. And yeah. if it's an undesirable cap hit, suddenly they're an undesirable player, Seth Jones. Right? Yeah. People yeah. forget that Brian Bickle got that contract because of what he did in that 2013 Cup. Right. Yeah, he earned it. Didn't he? He was half of the 17 seconds. Yeah. Did he lead the team in goals that year for the playoffs? <sighs> I'll look it up. You guys keep talking. That sounds right. I mean, he was a monster in that 2013 season if they had not given him that contract people would have been screaming bloody murder yeah. and yes it didn't it didn't turn out well and hindsight is 2020 because you know we now know the reasons why his his play declined as quickly as it did but he was such a key player he was second. for that 2013 run had so many big goals and don't forget in 2014 he was great yeah, so series. in 2013 he had 17 points in 23 playoff games. Obviously, they win the cup. The next year, in 19 playoff games, he had 10 points. Yeah. Two years in a row of good playoff performances. Yeah. Yeah, it, w- it, it wasn't for nothing, that that 2013 run. Claude Jumeau is a borderline Hall of Famer for what he did in the postseason. Right, exactly. Yeah, exactly. yeah that, that 2013 run for Bickle, nine goals. Uh, the leading goal scorer in the postseason was Patrick Sharp with 10. Four players scored nine. The other three besides Bickle, David Krejci, Patrice Bergeron, Patrick Kane. Like, Pretty good. He was a factor, <laughs> and, and he was paid as such. So, um, yeah, as far as Gavin Hayes goes, um, bottom six scoring winger. He's a, he's a big guy. Uh, so he's so he's got some size, um, and yeah, this this last season he really jumped from yeah maybe he'll play in the NHL too. He's getting invited to the U.S. Summer Showcase, uh, has a chance to make the the roster for the World Juniors. He's a top uh, you know top line guy that's going to be playing with the Flint Firebirds in the OHL. Scoring forty in the OHL isn't anything to to, to sneeze at. Like Hell that no. that that takes uh, that takes some skill. So. Yeah, I mean, I'm I'm excited to see what Gavin Hayes does this next season, this next upcoming season. Um, he was one of those players that was, uh, you know, kind of invited to hang around the Ice Hogs at the end of the year. So that was a good experience and a good, you know, um, confidence boost. He got his his entry level contract as well. So uh, yeah, I think the organization they ha- they have him in their plans. So it'll be exciting to see what he does next right, year. We'll finish off the list here in a second, but we're at the golf outing tomorrow, and it's not going to be like today. But it's going to be sunny. Yes. It's going to be sunny. And yeah. I'm giving you your double dose of Ray Reeds today. <laughs> uh, you can take on the sun with gear built to last, meaning the Shady Rays durable frames are not going to melt in these last couple days. Can't I've worn confirm. the Shady Rays outside. They have not melted off my face in this ridiculous heat. So check them out. Shady Rays is an independent sunglasses company that offers a world-class product that's just as good as any expensive pair we've ever worn. Their durable frames and extremely clear optics are perfect for all your outdoor adventures, like a round of golf at Cog Hill tomorrow morning. That's not all. Shady Rays offers the most insane protection of all eyewear. Every pair of sunglasses is backed by lost and broken replacements. If you lose or break your pair, drop them in a water hazard. Even on day one, they told us they will send you a brand new pair, 
no questions asked. You can wear your Shady Rays with confidence long after you purchase. You're also going to feel good. You're going to look great. You're going to feel great because Shady Rays is providing much-needed support to nonprofit partners across the United States through the Shady Rays Impact Program. They're doing everything from building play sets for pediatric cancer patients to providing young adults with MS, the outdoor adventure of a lifetime. Shady Rays is making an impact in your community and others like it now and for years to come. If you don't love your Shady Rays, but you're going to, you can always exchange them for a new pair or return them for free within 30 days. There's absolutely no risk when you shop at ShadyRays.com. And while you're at ShadyRays.com, you're going to get the best deal of the season. Throw two or more pairs of their awesome sunglasses in your shopping cart. Use the promo code CHGO at checkout, and you're going to get 50% off that order. So you can finally try for yourself the shades rated five stars by over 250,000 satisfied customers. Yeah. Yeah. And be a satisfied customer of Lewis University like I am. If it wasn't for Lewis, I wouldn't be here. Well, I'd be alive, but I probably wouldn't have this job. (laughs) And students just like you are going back to school. They got full-time jobs. They got families. They got full-time sports fandoms. And they're finding out how to make it work by earning a respected degree at Lewis University, 35 miles southwest of Chicago in Romeoville. Fellas, after we hit the links tomorrow, maybe we could take a little detour. I can show you the airport sure. that actually exists. Sean Anderson, you jerk. <laughs> there is an actual airport, an actual airplanes at Lewis. I'll take your word for it. <laughs> it's ranked in one of U.S. News and World Report's top-tier colleges, and Lewis partners with numerous employers for tuition discounts and offers evening, online, and blended formats to help you balance work family and education and their faculty brings real world experience and instruction to the classroom which is great for your upcoming career they offer great career support and academic resources for adult students and if you're looking to complete your bachelor's or master's degree or enroll in a professional certificate program lewis has the right one for you lewis offers several career focused programs that will set you up for success how about computer science eight-week sessions can be completed in one year with concentrations in software engineering, artificial intelligence, cybersecurity, digital forensics, enterprise, and cloud computing. That sounds like if you want a career that's going to be around for the next 40, 50 years, that computer science one sounds good to me. Discover how a degree from Lewis can help you build a better world. Learn more at lewisu.edu slash you can do this. That is until AI gets too smart and takes all of our jobs. That's right. It's going to happen. Don't, don't, don't say that. Uh, Thomas uh, in our chat. Be able to sleep tonight. <laughs> Thomas in our chat. Lewis, class of 2012, and Edward says they have two runways now. Oh, watch out! Wow, Look out! Two, two runways! Two wow, runways! Two runways! Wow! Uh, yeah, and hey, Bernstein you know, special goes well with uh, with colleges. Goose Island, Goose Island oh, yeah, beer. It does. They I are flying over our heads. They are Chicago's beer since 1988, and the proud beer sponsor of us here at CHGO. And they have an illustrious beer roster with the Goose IPA, the sixth medal winner at the great american beer fest which is always in style with a citrus aroma and a bold hop finish they got the tropical beer hug the dry hopped imperial ipa series which is a 9.9 abv that is dangerously easy to drink you got the full pocket pills it's the everyday beer and what the goose island beer brewers are drinking uh, when the golden sun is outside trying to murder you with its heat <laughs> reach for a ice cold golden can of 312 the wheat ale the staple of goose islands beer and i know i talk about those four all the time so i want to give some more goose island beer some love how about the sophie the belgian style saison made with orange peel that sounds refreshing as hell uh they got their seasonals in the summertime uh cloche is coming to an end soon which will make way for the Oktoberfest beer that's coming up, uh, and you got their uh, Barrel House series as well, their Bourbon County Stout. So check out everything that Goose Island has to offer, and you can do that at their two Chicago locations. Uh, you can go to their original brew house on Clybourne Avenue in Lincoln Park or go to the Goose Island Tap Room on Fulton Street in Westtown. Again, that's the Goose Island Beer Company, Chicago's Beer. All right. Now we're not going to go through the rest of the list like we did the top ten. But we can give you a bit of a recap, and then I want to comment on some of the guys that didn't make it and said and fall under the could play category. So number 11, Ryan Green. Number 12, Ethan Delmastro. 13 is San Rimzel. 14 is Isaac Phillips. 15, Martin Mizziak. 16, Adam Guyon. 17, Roman Kansarov. 
And now here's the category that says has a chance to play. And two of these got my attention. He doesn't have Drew Camesso in the Hawks' top 17 prospects. Yep. He's got him down as has a chance to play. Uh, Camesso is an intelligent athletic goaltender with a strong track record of success at various levels. He's an average-sized goalie, though, whose pure toolkit isn't high-end, so I wonder if there's a place in the NHL for him or if he's just a very good NHL goalie. AHL goalie. A- uh, yes, thank you. Yeah. AHL goalie. Right. We we have to see him play some professional games. Um, but, man, USA Hockey took every opportunity they could to play him in the World Championships, in the Olympics, in the World Juniors, without ever playing a professional game. And I know the Olympics, it was because he wasn't a professional is why he could play. But to be one of the top three, top four goaltenders in the USA program for the World Juniors, the Olympics... Uh, for the world championships, top end goaltender for Boston for three years. I, I, I think there's some, I think there's something there. I think even though he lacks the elite athleticism or he lacks the desirable size, quote unquote, every, every report that I've seen and, and, and games that I've seen, the way he plays, the style that he plays, how compact and succinct he is in his movements reminds me a lot of this guy on our set. Corey Crawford, like, he wasn't the flashy ath- super athlete, but he made every save he needed to, yep. and he did it without having to be out of position. If Camesso can do that, I think he's going to be a, a, an NHL goalie with a solid career. So, I don't know. Maybe we're, maybe we're thinking too highly of him just because he's a Blackhawks prospect, what? but I think there's something there for him. You just, like you said, though, you just look at the resume. Yeah. And he's... Yeah. Past every test he's been given, yeah, you know, I, I I don't know. I sure he's you'd like him to be two or three inches taller. Okay, sure. yeah. If every goalie how many was, times have you said like, boy, if that goalie was three inches taller, he would have stopped that puck. <laughs> right, yeah. I, I I think goaltenders that are smaller, uh, the positioning is what what becomes yeah. important because they don't have that extra reach to sure. stick out their pad or whatever. So. Yeah, that's what his game is predicated on, being in the right position to make the right saves that he that he needs to. So I was surprised that Camezzo was not uh, ranked higher, but let's see him and play some professional games this year in Rockford. Yeah. And go from there. Uh, next on the could-make-it list is, and I, I'm going to call Corey and talk to him, Samuel Savoie. He says, Savoie is fun to watch because he plays like his hair is on fire. He's an elite skater who brings a ton of speed energy and physicality to his shifts he's also a small winger who lacks hockey sense so i'm unsure if the feet are good enough to get him into the league he just described andrew shaw (laughs) yes uh but it's funny he says elite skater who brings a ton of speed but his feet aren't good enough to get him in the league now so people know speed does not actually equate to footwork footwork and speed are two different things right yeah and being able to be an efficient skater versus a fast skater are two totally yeah, different things. They call it a five-directional five skater or four-directional four skater. Yeah. I, when I spent a little time scouting, I had a, I sat next to uh, Jose Carboneau, who was a former first-round pick of the Montreal Canadiens, and was now a scout for ISS, who's one of the biggest independent scouting services. And we started talking about things, and he would sit there and tell, tell me what he was looking for. And he the best thing about skating, he broke it down for me like this. He says, skating isn't about speed. It's about how many strides and how much energy ex- is exerted to get to your f- fastest speed. Mm-hmm. If it takes you eight strides to get to full speed, you're out of gas. I don't care how fast you are. You're, you're useless at that point. Mm-hmm. But if you could get to a, a, a good speed in four strides and you still have that energy to maintain it, that's more effective than being a fast guy that's now out of gas. Right. Um, so th- that's that's how he always d- described it to me. It was like, watch the feet. How much energy is exerted to get to your top speed? That's the that's what I think they mean about yeah. footwork. You could be fast, but it may take you from the red line to the blue line to get to top speed. And by that point, you're just a really Doesn't fast matter. guy trailing the play. Right. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, the other one on this list that surprised me, Alex Vlasic. Yeah, I, I, yeah. I, don't, I don't like that. Uh, Vlasic is a huge defenseman who skates quite well for a big man and has played real minutes in the AHL. His offensive sense with the puck is a real question, though, in terms of whether he can move pucks in the NHL. 
I don't see Vlasic and Kaiser being I don't see 14, 13, 14 guys between those two. I don't. Yeah. So I, I, I think Vlasic should should be evaluated a little bit higher than, than he is here where he's basically like an honorable mention or whatever. Um, I think, you know, his I think his skating for his size is is good. He has the size. He has the, the physical capabilities within his game. Um, when we talked with uh, um, Anders Sorensen in Rockford, when Vlasic was there uh, in, in the postseason, he, he talked about how he wanted him to, uh, you know, work more on his offensive game and be able to, you know, become more have become more well-rounded his defensive game seems to be pretty solid but when he has the when he has the puck take a little bit of more of a, of a risk be a little bit more creative with it um so i think if he if he works continues to work on that he's going to have an opportunity just like Wyatt kaiser uh this this, this preseason and training camp to be one of those guys that takes an nhl job i think he's in that running if he gets an nhl job out, out of camp and kaiser's in rockford I mean, I, I think that would be kind of the, the proof of where, you know, where this ranking, where this difference yeah. is between the two guys. Yeah, and he, his criticism is is his offensive se- sense in terms of whether he can move pucks in the NHL. Well, that's why it was such a – he had such great success towards the end of that two year when he was with Seth Jones, yeah. who's very good at moving the puck. Yeah. So Again, building a roster, not a t- – Exactly. Know, a like not, not all six-year defensemen don't have to be great puck-moving defensemen. But if you have a guy that struggles in that department but you can pair him and they, they play well with a guy who excels in that department, there's that's why it's a defensive pairing. I also – we've seen him – at no point was I like, wow, he really can't move the puck. Yeah. I, he's uh, not he's not Duncan Keith, but it's not like he's out there fumbling and he's not Nikita Zadorov throwing hand grenades at every opponent yeah, right. at every teammate he's got. Right. Like, I don't know. I yeah, it's weird. Hey. Some sometimes I think that these lists, just speaking generally now, I think there's some favoritism played. Oh well, yeah. I don't know. I, I think sometimes I think it is fashionable to crap on the Hawks. And people oh, don't yeah, want to no. make too much of them, or because then they're going to get accused of whatever. But yeah, I sure. <laughs> yeah, somebody said it earlier in the chat. Everybody hates Chicago. We just got to deal with it. Yeah. yeah, I like it. I like being the. Uh, I think it was Jason said it earlier. Um, I've been saying it since the draft lottery night. I love being the villain. Sure. Bring me all your hate. Let's embrace it a little yeah. bit. Bring you, bring me all your hate, and I will drink a giant chalice of it at the Stanley <laughs> Cup parade in four years. There you go. Absolutely right. Oh, by the way, speaking of villains, I forgot to clarify my answer. Oh, yeah, your Darth right. Vader. Yeah. From Mailbag Monday, we were asked what our favorite villain was. I had to change mine from Darth Vader to Hans Landa from Inglorious Bastards. That guy was the worst. Okay. And we have a super chat from Thomas. If it's not retired, who among the prospects could earn their way to wearing number 10? My pick is Oliver Moore. Solid. Sure. sure. Cool. Yeah. I'm not. Sounds I'm right. not a big number guy, except for 28. That should be retired. <laughs> yeah. Maybe 27. Like. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think 10 probably gets in the ring of honor or whatever. Um, it's time for one of those. Yeah. Th- yeah. Those those kinds of things can be like players can be in the ring of honor, but I don't think that retires their jersey. No. I mean, but 10 has a a significance here he's with not the best with, 10 in hawks history by the way tony amante wore he 10 third best 10 in hawks history Patrick dennis hole was 10 okay yeah people tony amante that. was 10 yeah i put sharp over amani i put sharp over amani yeah he won three stanley cups here yes i, I mean i patrick sharp didn't miss i love the tony by, i love tony amani too but patrick sharp bigger impact tony amani scored 40 goals basically on his own because he had to yeah, he, sure sharp could have too but he didn't have to okay this sounds like a really fun next july topic <laughs> patrick sharp didn't miss the net by 80 feet dozens of he times he scored this 40 80. goals he could have had 60 if he hit the net half the oh time <laughs> get out of here who's having a better retirement if you put tony amante on the <laughs> dynasty blackhawks trust me he'd be fine Sure he would. He'd be Patrick Sharp. Yes. <laughs> 41, 44, 43, yeah, 35. Come on. These are right. all garbage-ass Hawks if, teams. If Tony Amani was on the Dynasty Hawks, he'd be Patrick Sharp. I, I think he's got a point. No. He wouldn't have been the best player on those Dynasty Hawk teams. Den- Dennis Hall he have had and Patrick been. Sharp, sure. I will I will, I will. will hear that argument. But I, I, I think Sharp's tenure 
his play style, his stats, and his accomplishments uh, put him above Amante. Sharp had uh, 939 games. Uh, oh, it jumped away. Way to go, hockey reference. 287 goals. Tony Amane, 1174 games, 416 goals. On some yeah, bad, for, for bad hockey teams. For All career. Right. Amani was better. All right, let's wrap it up. We're back tomorrow. Somehow. We're yeah, get the golf we'll have hunting. a show tomorrow for sure. There between, will be a show on tomorrow. Between yeah. 9 and 10, we're going to come back, do a show, and then get back the, to Cock They're Hill. delaying the golf outing for our show. Gonna, I'm just going to leave my clothes here. We're, we're going to be live <laughs> from the uh, fourth hole. I mean, if we can do an emergency podcast from Elizabethtown, Kentucky's gas station, damn yeah. right, uh, we can do it from Cog Hill or right here. All right, we'll talk to everybody tomorrow at 2 on the CHGO Blackhawks podcast.